What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will help you get your money right. And today on the show, we have an awesome, awesome influencer who has actually turned her life into the opportunity to travel around the country and share what she's learned with other people. So today I have Vanessa. What's up, Vanessa? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Vanessa and I, we actually connected through the Hella Helpful series of workshops, which um, Hey Berna put together. A lot of you guys uh, saw that Hella Helpful workshop. Um, I posted it on my YouTube channel after I did it. Uh, Vanessa also hosted her own, um, and she has a platform called Wander Onwards, which we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a little bit. But first, I want to do the fun questions, which is, um, Vanessa, what's the most expensive purchase that you made in your life that you regret to this day? Mm, that's uh there's a long laundry list i so i am like a little raccoon uh i just have like hair just like everywhere where it doesn't belong so i've spent like six grand on laser hair removal from my eyebrows down yeah Mm -hmm. uh but that was over a couple years and actually to be fair now that we're in quarantine and i can't get outside to do my little beauty treatment it's paid for itself uh but i did that when i was like several thousand dollars worth in uh credit card debt so uh you got you got to choose your battles that's right listen my niece did the same thing she's just like she just hates being so hairy like a lot of people are very very hairy just have hair everywhere so i mean i hear you if it makes your life exponentially better for the rest of your life like you know it it makes sense but in, in your case you were in a lot of credit card debt so Maybe you should have waited. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but now I'm like gloriously uh, hair free. I'm like a little baby seal. So yeah, yeah, it all worked out. Okay, so so it sounds like you don't regret it. True. Okay, fine. The second <laughs> like biggest expense, I for some reason was trying to like live the Instagram life, and I spent yeah. a full month in the Philippines on credit card debt. Wow. Uh, yeah, that I was mean, bad. So is the Philippines expensive? I feel like I feel like it, it it could add up quickly. But also, if you're if you're very uh, if you're really like um you know if you have, if you're on a tight budget and you just like make sure that you're not spending a ton, you could probably save. Yeah, and that's a reasonable thing to say uh, and think. And I was just not on that page. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna go get a facial. I'm gonna go take this boat over here. Like, get a picture of me. Yep, I hear you. It's, it's that Instagram life. I know. I know what you mean. It's um, a killer. Don't do it, kids. Yeah, man. There's a lot of pressure to do it, especially when you're in your early 20s. That's when I feel like mm-hmm. the pressure is at its highest because everybody yep. else is being reckless on Instagram and you want to match it. Then once you start hitting your late 20s and your early 30s, you realize everybody was out here scheming and lying and putting up yeah. a front. They all broke too. <laughs> 100%. All right. So what's an expensive purchase that you don't regret? I guess we could either use the, the laser hair removal or you could give us a new one. Okay, so I think our U.S. education system is a scam. Uh, I paid $200,000 for a private school, uh, yeah, to get an English degree. Uh, Yeah, and I'm never going to see that money back. Uh, Fortunately, I had grants, I had loans, I had scholarships, so I worked as an RA uh, for years. Me too. uh, And that's... Really? I was, yeah, I was an RA people. too. I was, I was, I was like, honestly, the chillest RA. I didn't care. I was like, yeah, do whatever you want. Oh, I was not that. I took it very seriously. Oh. I was like Captain Dark. <laughs> no, chill. I was, I was so chill. I was just like, whatever. If you need me, knock on my door. Yeah. Well, I should have listened to that at ethos, but I took it way too seriously. Um, and then I had a bunch of student loan debt. I didn't become an English teacher. I thought I was going to law school, but now I work in tech. 
So I think younger me should have went to a wonderful state school or maybe did the community college thing because that is like a hundred thousand dollars worth of uh money I've paid into my education that I can't get back that's true at the same time though it sounds like you kind of thought you had your path mapped out and you ended Mm. up changing your mind which I feel like is as unfortunate as that is like I feel like that's real as hell like that happens to so many Mm. people where they're like oh I'm gonna be this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna study culinary arts and I'm gonna go open my own restaurant and then it's like doesn't work out that way and they end up working mm. you know in a totally random other industry um so mm. i mean you know it's kind of hard it's like it's like you, you you map it out you think you have your plan you were going to be an english teacher you or, or eventually a lawyer and then totally your life took you to another direction but you couldn't mm. have really predicted that though i mean i don't know it's hard now you're really easy on me don't let me get away with this stuff like <laughs> Don't make me feel good about my decisions. I mean, listen, regret is, you know, that people, people, some people say there's no reason why you should have a regret. Like there's no point. Just take it as a learning experience. I definitely have a lot of regrets, but at the same time, I do try to take it and say like, well, what can I learn from it? Or how can I be kinder to myself? So, I mean, I'm on both sides of the fence. I don't know. Mm, you're very mature. I am just like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> you should know better how much I was playing yeah. games. Agreed. But what are you going to do? All right. Well, for anybody out there who does not know of Vanessa already and her plat- her platform, Wander Onwards, Vanessa, give them a little bit of a, an intro to who you are and what your platform is about. Okay. So Wander Onwards is dedicated to helping people learn to live a life they love. So in addition to talking about travel, we also get into finance, we get into personal development. Um, and I really try to give a platform for POCs to see one another thriving, succeeding, building wealth, because that's how we start to encourage one another to do the same. Um, I'm actually uh, out here in Munich right now in Germany. I've been abroad for the last seven years. Uh, no intention to come home. Uh, and I'm home. She says home, but you know. <laughs> Uh, and I'm currently building a masterclass uh, to teach other people how to move abroad, and it's dropping this summer. So if you're sick of your life, if you want to explore socialism, if you just want to have an incredible experience for yourself, hit me up on Instagram. Very cool. That is so, so, so cool that you're dropping a masterclass this summer. I feel like it's the perfect time to do it because people are going to be home. I mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're, we're recording this in early April, but at the same time, I predict this is going to, this quarantine is going to be happening for a long time. I predict it's going to happen through the summer. So people, you got time over the summer. If this is something that you're interested in, you heard it from Vanessa directly. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just so exciting. I'm, I'm always curious to know about people's backgrounds and their childhoods and upbringing though, because I feel like somehow, some way, whatever happened then, is rooted you know what you're doing now is rooted in what happened then that's something that I do Mm. believe in some way or some you know somewhere or another so could you tell us about what was it like growing up where did you grow up where were you raised what was your childhood like and did your parents Mm. encourage you to go be this like traveling wow girl or was it like Mm. not encouraged at home well I grew up in LA so shout out Uh, And I'm of Mexican-American descent. So uh, in Latino communities, it's not like really encouraged for women to leave the five square miles that they've grown up in. That's right. Um, Yeah. So I got super lucky. And my mom uh, actually was raised by a woman who was a nanny and her her father was a gardener. And they were so adamant that they didn't want their daughter to get trapped in this uh, like cycle of poverty. So they didn't teach her how to cook or clean. So she was like, yeah, my mom can barely like put on a microwave. uh, Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> that is Bless very, very rare for, uh, you know, a, a, a Mexican-American woman who, she, yeah. she, did she, come, she moved to L.A. as a first, she, did she immigrated to L.A. from Mexico? No, she was born here. She's first gen. Oh, okay. So as a first generation Latina, that makes a little bit more sense. I was going to say, if she had immigrated from, from Mexico to LA, that would be like no. rare. She'd be like a rare breed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so my mom still to this day lives like two miles away from where she was born and raised. Wow. So all of our siblings were like, get the fuck out. You're not welcome to live in this household. You have to go to school outside of uh, the States. Uh, and I was like super uncool in high school. So I was like, yeah, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, this is not my best life. Uh, I ended up going to Boston College. And I, when I got there, I was like, there's a lot of white people here. So it's that was also not my best life. Girl, girl what'd you expect? You went to Boston. <laughs> I didn't know. I was just like, this seems far enough, 3,500 miles away. But uh, yeah, yeah, it totally shocked me. I couldn't believe the difference. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, so many. There's like videos and memes and gifs about this. Like Boston, so white. Boston, so white. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. There's like a small community of Dominicans uh, right in the central. I think it's called Jamaica Plains. Uh, but they we would have this whole like Ola community, which was uh, for Latinos in uh, Boston College. And there was like 400 of us out of 10,000 kids at all of Boston. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I could not believe it. And then uh, there was a a few more black Americans, but that's because we had a D1 uh, school. So the amount of kids that were of color and there without of some sort of academic or or sorry, some sort of athletic scholarship was just like embarrassing. I mean, 400 out of 10,000, that's a 4% rate of like Latino students out of a total population of 10,000. That's so sad. I mean, just, yeah. For you guys to find each other and like be able to just feel like you're, you know, a normal part of the fabric and the culture of the school is just so hard. Mm -hmm. I I, I experienced that too in college because I I mean, I went to Brown, which is also predominantly white institution, but I felt like they they made a very valiant effort to to draw, you know, more students of color. So uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard at any time that you're at an institution where you feel like you are other than the norm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So after seeing that, I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you're just running your whole life. You're just running from yeah. home, running from college, running away from. Oh, exactly. And so obviously, the next step after LA, Boston is to go to China. So <laughs> I moved to China by myself. I ne- I've never been there. I don't speak the language. I was just like, what's China doing? Wow. Uh, and that's where I found myself. That's where I found my people, my tribe. That's when I started like evolving into this international kind of person that thrives in adversity, being alone, being visibly different. Uh, I learned two languages. Like this is completely new. That's amazing. So what did you, how did you just pluck yourself out of Boston and end up in China? Did you apply for a particular travel program or did you teach English to Chinese kids? Like what did you do when you got there? So I started off teaching English to Chinese kids uh, and it's a pretty like good deal if you're interested in doing that uh they pay for you to go over there they set you up with an apartment that you don't need to pay for and then all of your money is straight into your savings nice uh unfortunately i hate children so (laughs) girl girl 
I just spent the weekend babysitting my niece and two nephews. I posted on Instagram a bunch of videos of us doing like math and like what and doing art That's videos. So cute. As cute as they are, like after the weekend was over, I was ready to give them back. I love my baby For sure. nephew. I love you, Jonathan Jason. I love you, Alicia. I love you, Melody. I love all my baby nieces and nephews, but I had to give them back. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even like these shitty little kids. Like <laughs> the, the one child policy in China has made these monsters out of these children because they, they grow up thinking that they are the center of the universe. Ah, and they're actually yeah, they're all super, on the only child. Wow. Yeah. It's called the, the little prince syndrome and they're like super pushy. They like dominate their parents. Wow. Uh, it's bizarre. They're like four. Uh, so I just couldn't handle that. Uh, and I quit after like three months. I had to quit. I had to leave my apartment. I had to hide essentially, uh, because they threatened to call immigration on me. Classic Mexican trial. So you could uh, stay there legally if you were going to continue your teaching position and you were like, oh, just ducking out, trying to figure out how you were going to stay without having to teach. Woo, exactly. girl, you were on the run. Yeah. Oh my God. I was on the run. Like the whole uh, theme of my life is just like being on the run from immigration, like classic American trope or uh, Mexican trope. Girl, Jay-Z uh, and got nothing on you with the on the run tour. You, you got the on the run tour for real. You, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I've been I've been living a crazy life, but uh, this is where the first like major pillar of my financial crisis started. So to get a new visa, I took out three thousand dollars worth of cash from my bank account. Uh, yeah, and then I just handed it over for a new visa, and I also had to move out of an apartment. And in China, you have to pay three months rent every single time. Uh, so all of a sudden, I'm out six thousand dollars, and I have a hundred dollars to my name. Oh my and this goodness. is the beginning of the end. <laughs> That's so scary. And you were there by yourself. You didn't know anyone. And you had a hundred bucks in your bank account left after those two moves. Yep. yep. Oh my and God. like, fortunately, the else was like taking care of me. And the person that I moved in. Yes. Uh, the person that I moved in with next was ends up being my best friend in all this world. She was my maid of honor at my wedding. Holly, I love you. I wish I was gay so I could be with you, but I'm unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Already married to a man. Oh, sorry. I know. Uh, and that was like the beginning of my best life, despite the uh, circumstances. Wow. That, that is nuts. All right. We're going to come back to how you turn that into your best life. Um, but first I would love to hear about how did wander onwards get birthed in all of that? Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds like scariness and madness and, and chaos. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you create this brand that's really focusing on offering, you know, travel retreats with a focus on education and teaching mm -hmm. people how to their best lives. I mean, how did that get born, uh, from, from that experience? It was totally on accident. So New Year's Eve, 2014, I got stood up. So I was waiting for a guy at like for midnight, blah, blah. He never came. And then of course I couldn't get a cab that night because nothing in my life was working out. So I walked home barefoot at two o'clock in the morning, morning through the streets of Beijing. Oh my goodness. Was, now were you barefoot because you didn't want to wear heels or because you, because you lost yeah. your shoes? Oh, I was like, girl, what's going on? What's going on? Where are the shoes? I'm reckless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, Jason, this is for you. Uh, anyway, I get home, I open my laptop, and all these basic bitches are getting engaged on New Year's Eve. And I see all these 21 year old girls I went to college with getting engaged <laughs> under the fireworks. I'm like, have some fucking creativity, okay, Becky? Uh, <laughs> and 
like so something in me just kind of died. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I, I was like out of work. I had loads of debt. And I'm just thinking, I can't even like catch a D on New Year's Eve. Like what's wrong with me? Aww. It was really sad. So of course I put all these feelings onto my blog and my blog was purely to like make my mom know that I'm alive in China uh. because uh, <laughs> social media is blocked there. So yeah. I'm typing my feelings online. I write something called 23 things I would rather do than getting engaged before 23. Wow. And it goes. Feelings. Tell us how you really feel. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was hilarious. Like objectively, I'll send it to you. Uh, <laughs> and it's like a satire. Yeah. But I publish it. I close my laptop. In the morning, I wake up to 2.4 million hits. Oh, wow. Yeah. Insane. It was out of control. So all of that. So it started with negative PR. People were, call, were on the internet calling me a whore, saying that I should be raped and murdered because oh, uh, I had these opinions like women shouldn't. Um, and then the liberal media came in to save me. So Huffington Post, all these wow. other like bloggers on YouTube. Right. And then that's how the audience started to grow. That's amazing. Wow. Oh, yes. Liberal, liberal media came to the rescue, girl. Yeah. And I turned it into a dollar. Like this is how I started making money. That's awesome. Wow. So you got super lucky because this was viral before viral was a thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Put your feelings on the internet and let the internet do its thing. You know, that's so funny that you say that because when I finally paid off like my $20,000 of credit card that I had back in 2013, 14, um, 15, I finally became debt free. And I just, I literally wanted to do that. I wanted to put my feelings on the internet. I wanted to tell everybody on the, in the world on the internet that I had just paid off this debt, that I figured out how to do it. And then I could do it even on an average salary in like as a teacher. And so I just started posting videos and like, little do you know, you know, tens of thousands of views start, you know, hitting. And it's like when you when you have a passion for something, mm. you, you, it just has to be rooted in some sort of emotion, strong emotion. So for mm. me, it was like I was just freaking elated to be done with the debt. And I just couldn't mm. wait to just like scream and tell everybody. For you, it was like this salty anger. And, like, <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't matter what it is. But like, yeah, you had passion, right? Like, that yes, I did. When you root your, your content in, in strong emotion, you create quality, whether you realize it or not. The, the message behind the satire that I wrote was, if I didn't know who I was, how was I supposed to be the best partner for someone else? Mm, like I, I wouldn't be that. picking the right people. I wouldn't be making the right decisions. Yes. So that's why I had moved abroad to figure out who I was. I had right. done it by myself in a strange setting to really figure out what I was capable of. Yeah. And now it was just a long journey uphill, <laughs> but I did it. And now I'm in a wonderful, beautiful marriage. Like we're going to die of old age together. Or if he tries to leave, I will kill him. But uh, <laughs> either way, I got that sounds real. That, that, you know, that sounds real healthy. Uh, just, I got to say, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Oh man. Wow. That is, that is an incredible story of like, just so much, you know, like mm. a little bit, of, a little bit of luck, right? Sheer luck, right? With like the hits coming, but also just like your gusto and like your passion hit that, hit that blog. And like, you know, I, it's like I said, when you have passion for something, it shows, it really shows when you create quality when there's real passion behind it. That's why people always say, mm. don't go creating, trying to go viral on the internet, just off of some mm. scam. Like people can tell it's not authentic mm. and there's no passion behind it. So you got to mm. find out where your passion lives first. 
Um, I, I love that a lot. So, okay, you know a lot about traveling, jumping around, you hashtag on the run tour, real life. And, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, then you turn that into making money online. And I know mm-hmm. right now, especially during the time of coronavirus, like there's a lot of people struggling to figure it out, to crack the code of making money online. Um, mm-hmm. And so especially if they lost their main source of income or if they lost their mm-hmm. job, you know, whatever struggles they're going through financially. So can you talk about like, you know, moving abroad, getting your ish together, but turning that into that experience into making money online. And now you actually Mm -hmm. teach other people how to make money online. So how did that, Mm -hmm. how did that twist and turn happen? So I was super fortunate that I went viral at the time that I did because I managed to pitch myself as a marketing expert. I was like, look what I've done here with my own blog. And uh, in Beijing, there's like a a small expat community of people trying to like start their own businesses. So I used my blog, which was free. Uh, I did in my spare time and somehow like launched into this crazy internet sensation. Uh, And I pitched it as a uh, product that people could replicate or become like. Uh, And so I also uh, started teaching myself how to code on YouTube and pitching myself as a web developer. And I, I cheated the system a little bit by buying templates and outsourcing people in India to build these websites. And I would charge people like two, three thousand dollars to build it. And I would pay the um, outsourcers like $200, $300, spend the rest of that time negotiating contracts, pitching people, doing all the like operational and sales portions of it. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's actually happening a lot right now everywhere. mm -hmm. But you were doing this early on. How did you like come up with that? That sounds like, I mean, it's a little bit of a scheme, but but it's a business model. How did you how did you like think of that? Did it just hit you or did you see it online somewhere and then replicate Mm -hmm. it yourself? Mm -hmm. So I started watching YouTube videos about scaling. I think scaling is something you can apply to your personal life, to your um, relationships and dating and your businesses. You need to figure out how to be the most effective with the 24 hours of daytime that you have per day. Um, So I kept winning contracts in Beijing. So I was like, this is not sustainable. If I want this to be a real business, I need to YouTube and figure it out to replicate this. And that's how I started doing that. Yeah. I know. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to, it sounds a lot like Tim Ferriss uh, for our work week. It's like you only have, but so much time. So you got to cut all the crap and you have Mm. to focus on what really matters. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, which makes a lot of sense. Um, Mm -hmm. all right. So, so, you know, people are trying this everywhere. People are, I mean, maybe not exactly what you did, but like trying all Mm -hmm. these different things online to try to make money. What would you, what would you say that are like the top three things that people do wrong off the bat when they try to go online Mm -hmm. and make money online? Mm -hmm. Uh, they try to make easy money. If you are trying to make money as an individual, there is no easy way to do it. None of the MLMs are going to work. The social marketing like schemes that they have do not try to teach the the process. It's not going to work. Uh, that's one thing. Second thing, people are not creating like tax efficient businesses. They work as freelancers or they don't set up an LLC. You guys are paying tax for no goddamn reason. That is so true. So my true. God. Yes. And so we were speaking about this a little bit earlier, but my uh, creating a business has really taught me a lot about tax. And it makes me realize that for generations, white people have been learning how to use the tax system with expensive lawyers and expensive accountants. And that was smart. You guys are so smart. And 
Right. Now that I can finally process and consume this information, I'm yeah. trying to shout about it as well because you are entitled to these tax breaks. So That's make sure right. you're an LLC. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I um I, I recently have been learning about all of this myself when it comes to taxes. And it's so mm-hmm. shocking when you first learn about how people find loopholes. And the thing is, the word loopholes has a negative connotation. But the reality is that if you operate as a business, there are perks in the tax laws because they want mm-hmm. people to create more businesses. They want more mm-hmm. business. It is a capitalist society that we live in, in in these United States of America. So they want more businesses to be created. The only way to incentivize people to create create more businesses is to give them business perks like tax yes. benefits that you do yeah. not get those tax benefits when you earn income mm-hmm. as an individual. You, you, you pay your income, mm-hmm. your individual income tax bracket rather than paying a uh, business, business taxes, which who can save you so much money. Um, and so it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Those are great tips. And I love that you frame them in a way that tells people what they should focus on instead. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I love that. Um, cool. So, I mean, what else do you, do you think that like really led you to get to the point where you realize that traveling, teaching people how to travel the world and like do their own thing, but also combining that with educating them in other facets of life, like the financial element, which you can, which you, you make a big piece of your work too. What mm-hmm. made you realize it was not just traveling the world and like, you mm-hmm. know, Instagramming everything. It was also educating people and teaching them this holistic lifestyle approach that you learned yourself. Mm-hmm. I am very passionate about removing this like curtain of just lies that the media, our politicians, like people of influence create about people of color and then countries that do not speak English. Um, So I've been to 50 countries. I regularly go to like closed governments, closed states like Cuba, Tunisia, China. I'm trying to get to North Korea now, but the golden Cheeto needs to move uh, (laughs) because I'm not trying to like be there without it's happening. Um, and when you go to these closed societies, one, you learn the power of like human hustle. I have never seen anything like it in Cuba where people are paid $30 a month for minimum wage and they somehow create a business. They use tourism. This one girl came up to me and was like, can I have your purse? I'll give you my purse. And I was like, no, but I respect it. (laughs) I respect that barter attempt girl. Yes. Agreed. And when you start showing that places like Tunisia, China, Cuba, blah, blah, they're not places where you have to be concerned about your safety. They're just places that do things differently, terribly, but also differently. Um, You exchange ideas, you create um, innovation, you start entrepreneurial ventures. And I'm just trying to show like Americans as a whole, we don't have to be afraid of the world. We carry these guns, we carry these knives, we vote Republican because we are afraid that other people having something will somehow make that less for us or put us in danger. And that's not it. That's genuinely not it. And so I have this platform where people listen to me for some unknown reason (laughs) and I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it to, to speak my truth. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that because I think one of the things that I realized about the American education system being, you know, that I went through kindergarten all the way through college, got my master's here, is we've, we're very nationalistic and the yeah. international studies is so sad. It is, is, mm. it is so, so sad how we don't learn about other cultures accurately um, and, mm. and, and, and enough. We don't learn about them enough. And the sad thing is like we have as a country a really poor, um, average, 
grade when it comes to knowledge about world geography. Like, you know, mm. I, even myself, I didn't get really good at that until college because I wanted to teach myself so that I knew more mm. about the world because I was embarrassed at that point that I didn't know, you know, where Kenya was on a map. Like I mm. was, I felt embarrassed about that. And when I met friends in college from other countries, I wanted to be more informed, more educated, and more cultured. So I forced myself to learn things that I didn't learn in school. So I feel like you're absolutely right hitting the nail on the, nail on the head that like, if you want to be able to expand your mind and think beyond what we've been taught in this country in our education system, you have to make an effort. It is not going to be easy. Yeah. It's not just going to come fall in your lap like, oh, here's, you know, information about the world and how it works outside of your, you know, small city where you work or live or the rural area where you work or live. No, you have to go and make the effort to find that. And it's not easy. It's, it's really hard because you have to break outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And yeah. the for my masterclass about how to move abroad, the first part is all about figuring out what is outside your comfort zone and is that sustainable? And then how do you create a system of support for yourself while you're abroad so you can be successful? Um, and I think there's really been this gap, at least from my experience, I've been abroad seven years. I've moved to six different countries, four continents. I never had that. I just had to show up and like figure out and pray that I had some sort of support system in like the nearby area that I could tap into um, to make myself successful because it, it's, I didn't end up this way by being just lucky. Like, yeah. yes, the, the going viral thing was partially luck, but I have worked my ass off to right. stay afloat, yeah. to um, do all of my own paperwork for immigration. Uh, yeah. So that eventual law degree, or not eventual, that potential law degree that I passed up, I've actually used all those skills to negotiate my immigration. My visa got canceled several times. I got rejected for my visa while I was in the country. And they told me on a Friday to get out Monday for 2.5 oh, years. OMG. Yeah, Girl. it was a whole thing. Yeah. But all of the experiences that I've had know, or makes me realize that I am a fucking superhero. And... <laughs> This is what I want other people to embrace and understand about themselves as well. Yeah. I think a lot of times that it's very hard for people to get to that place where you are of, mm. of confidence. Like, I know who I am. I'm so confident in what I'm doing. I can do anything and, you know, uh, whatever, throw anything at me. I, I, I'll, I'll handle it. And I think that mm. comes from facing extremely difficult journeys, difficult adversity in, in, in crazy situations. And I think like throwing yourself into China, a place you didn't know, you didn't know anyone, you didn't know the language. That was the first instance where it happened, but then you did it again and again and again. And what that does to you is it takes your skin and makes it thicker and thicker and thicker. And that's how mm. you come to the person that you are today, which is obviously, you know, um, very upright, very strong in what you believe in who you are and how you speak, which I think is compelling for people, which is why probably you have so many followers listening to you because you're your, your energy is contagious. It's compelling because you, you are a woman of, of confidence. Like, you know, you feel like you know what you're talking about and you exude that. And I think that comes Thank from you. your journey. Obvious that you've been through so much that got you to that place. So, whew, I mean, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm inspired for sure. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. let me just reassure you, though. This is not how I started. Like, I suffered from deep debilitating anxiety I would uh so I have asthma and so when I would have a panic attack that would trigger my asthma and I would pass out Jesus like this is where I started as a scared little girl in Los Angeles and then it got worse when I went to Boston College because I felt so alone yeah. uh and then it wasn't until I had to like save myself out in the real world where nobody gave a shit about me yeah. uh that this anxiety started to kind of shake off 
Yeah, no, it makes it makes a lot of sense um, that it would take all of that for you to develop into the person that you are today. It doesn't happen overnight, and it is not mm-hmm. easy. So, mm-hmm. um, no, I hear that 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 definitely resonates with me. Um, cool. Well, I have one final question for you, which is a really fun way that I like to wrap up the show, and it is that mm-hmm. I like to um, Photoshop your face onto a dollar bill and throw on your money <laughs> mantra over it. And this is just you know the yeah. idea that like everybody who touches money, everybody who transacts with dollars will see this money message or this, this money mantra that you want folks to know about, um, what would your money mantra be? Whatever you lack in privilege, you have to make up in hustle. Mm, that reminds me so much of this clip of Will Smith that he says, um, if he gets on a treadmill and he's, and he's competing against you, you're on your treadmill, he's on his, he's either going to, he's going to, you're going to give up first and he's going to keep running after you stop or he's going to mm. die. That's the only, those, those are the only two outcomes that are possible in a scenario yeah. where he's trying to outrun you. He's either going to outrun you, you're going to quit, or he's going to die because he's not going to stop. And that yeah. is like, when I saw that clip of Will Smith, I was just like, damn, like I, that made me feel like a savage. Like I want to do, mm. I can accomplish anything. And like that, that quote, that mantra just, it, it fits so well with that, uh, you know, with that, that mantra that Will Smith said too. So it just, it just popped into my head when you said that, but I love that. I love that so much. Um, I cannot wait to put that together and tag you so you can see it on your dollar bill and share yeah. it. Share, share. Um, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I feel like so energized. I'm so pumped just from the conversation, just like your savviness, your experiences have been wild and you've, you know, you've come out on top. You, you seem to have like a really solid knowledge of who you are at the core of your being. And that did not come easy. So mm-hmm. congratulations. And, um, and thank you. Thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom with everybody who's listening to the show or watching it online. No worries. Um, and if you, if any of your followers and, and, people that are listening to this, if you want to talk to me, I do not bite. Like slide into my DMs. Tell them where to find you. Tell them what your Instagram is. Tell them where to reach out to you. That would be awesome. Yes. So uh, my favorite platform is Instagram at Wander Onwards, W-A-N-D-E-R Onwards, uh, and then YouTube. So uh, youtube.com backslash Wander Onwards. Um, I am so passionate about connecting with people like personally, like, I don't want you to just like my stuff, but definitely still like my stuff. Uh, I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. Tell me your hopes yeah. and dreams and fears. Um, so that's where you can find me or on my website, wanderonwards.com. Love it. All right. Well, you guys heard it from Vanessa directly. Go check her out. Go find her. She's got over 20,000 followers on Instagram. So she ain't talking, you know, just out of her butt. This is people are really inspired by what she's doing um, and, you know, are coming to her to her uh, Instagram in in droves. So keep doing what you're doing, girl. You are such an inspiration. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh. 